This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. A program for and about America's 78 million baby boomers. Here's your host, Freddie Bell. Hi, everyone. This is New Beginnings. I am Freddie Bell. Glad you're with us today. And coming up on the show, many of our favorite partners, including Libel Sturmbach is here, Joe McKenzie, and friends from AARP Minnesota. All this plus the words to the wise on New Beginnings. And our program is underway right now. Please say hello to Jetta Wiedemeyer. She is a volunteer and community outreach manager, and it's open season time, Jetta, and that means that uh, a lot of folks listening have a lot of work to do between now and December 7th. They absolutely do. Good morning, Freddie. I'm so excited to be here because I consider Medicare Open Enrollment to be a national holiday. It, it's not, but, you know, you got to be excited sometimes, you know, with what you got. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so with the de- December 7th deadline, what should our listeners be doing right now to get ready for this national holiday, Jetta? That's right. You know, M- Medicare Open Enrollment is our time um, for our older adults in our life, whether it's ourselves, whether it's our aunties, whether it's our neighbors, to check your plans. And I know that some people think this is a little dry, but Medicare has an incredible impact on our health and our health outcomes and our ability to take care of ourselves. And most people ignore it and they just let it go by. They watch their TV ads, they get really tired of it, and they don't do anything because, you know, the plan was good last year. It'll be good this year. And that, you know, it's a mistake. I mean, I always say, you know, it's a strategy. It's just not a good one. We encourage everyone to um, look into their Medicare plan. And if you think you can do it, people go to Medicare.gov. They they go into a plan finder. They, they put in their prescriptions. They put in uh, everything that's, that's important to their life. Their uh, people, like specialists in their life, do they travel, whatnot. And then they, they get options. And in Minnesota, there's over 100 plans. So it's complicated. Now, that is a plan for some people that's completely um, organized and really tech-savvy. If that isn't your wheelhouse, uh, we've got some help to let people um, help them find a plan that's good. We have people on the senior linkage line that takes calls. We have volunteers that will meet with folks in person at 30 locations around the Twin Cities. Or we can do phone appointments. And if you've got an hour of your time, we can sit down and then bring 100 plans down to four or five and then let the person choose what's the best for them. Wow. We're talking with Jetta Wiedemeyer about open season right now for Medicare plans, Medicare supplements, and all the rest of it. So is this a core piece of what Trellis does? You know, it is. Um, we have a strong partnership with the state of Minnesota. They run the Senior Linkage Line. Senior Linkage Line is just a free statewide service for the Minnesota Border on Aging in partnership with Trellis. And we sit as the area agency on aging. Medicare Open Enrollment is October 15th to December 7th. And it's our opportunity to, to help people make good decisions. Now, people have a lot of options out there. Sometimes they go to insurance brokers or they, you know, look on the TV. The beauty of the Senior Linkage Line is it's a free service. So I like to say that again. Mm -hmm. It is a free service. It is objective and it's unbiased. And I don't 
you know, I, I don't care what plan my mama chooses. I don't care what plan, you know, your relatives choose. I want them to make a great choice that, you know, covers the prescription drugs that they need, makes the right opportunities for their health care. And so we come in as volunteers and staff to just um, help people and have conversations. We ask good questions so that at the end of the day, um, some people want high premiums and they want low deductibles. Other people need a plan that travels with them to Florida, for instance, or Phoenix in the winter. It doesn't matter what the plan is. We just want folks to, to, to get the good plan. And Trellis does things related to pensions and dementia, and we do things related to Alzheimer's. And, um, but this work during this fall season of our year is um, paramount in helping older adults and the people who love them. You mentioned the Senior Linkage Line. Is there a telephone number or a website uh, for access? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, it's at 800-333-2433. Now, Freddie, don't call me in the evening. Don't call me on the weekend. I. This is a state service. It is open <laughs> Monday through Friday. It is 8 to 4.30. And, and it, it, you're going to expect some real you know, significant wait times. So the key is don't call on a Monday. Call a little bit later, maybe after the lunch hour. That's always a sweet spot. Or right when we open at 8.00. But people who want to go online and avoid some of the phone time, the strategy is one of two things. Our website is Trellis Connects. So the word Trellis, T-R-E-L-L-I-S, the word connects with an S, dot org. And so we have a Get Help tab. And so if you can figure out your way to that trellisconnects.org, get help, you can attend a presentation and we can sit with you and explain everything. You can attend um, a phone appointment or a in-person appointment for Medicare assistance. And then, again, you can control your own health care. But some people who want it all by themselves, there's a great website, uh, the Medicare.gov is one, help, self-help. But then there's one called MN healthcarechoices.com. That one is the state of Minnesota created that for folks who are high tech and they want to just dig in themselves. Mm. They can handle that all. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're thinking, I need a concierge service, it's 800-333-2433. All right. So what if you already have a Medicare plan? Is this a time to change it if you're not totally comfortable with it as well? You know, that's a great question. Um, Everyone who is on Medicare needs to take a second look. You know, for me, I go in the grocery store and I cost compare milk, Freddie, milk. (laughs) If you're a person who will, like, look at, you know, this brand of yogurt versus that brand of yogurt and, and make choices... I, we talked to someone last week. They they, they did a, a petition a spouse to a spouse. They they chose to change their pharmacy, right? So it's 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 a medical moment is a time if you're satisfied with your plan and you're thinking maybe I can save a couple bucks, right? You might be good with it, and you might be someone saying I don't I don't like my plan. I need to change. This is also the time for you. But the greatest part is um, I talked to a woman Betty last week. And she said, you know, we, we went in, we had our appointment, and I said, what happened? And she said, we stuck with our plan. And I said, really? She goes, but I feel great because now I know that it's the best plan for me, and I'm happy with it. Mm. I said, you, it was worth your time? And she goes, yeah, because I have peace of mind. And I said, okay. And then, you know, you talk to someone who makes a complete change and everything goes effective as of January 1st, and then they've taken control of their life. So, you know, it, there's no lose in this one. And if you can afford, you know, an hour to scroll on social media and look at your Facebook post, you probably have an hour to come in and just talk. And all you need is your Medicare card and a list of your prescriptions and, you know, some 
thoughts about, you know, what, what you want for your life. And then we'll just try to make you a buffet of options and take 100 plans, bring it down to four or five. And then the most important thing is because we're agents and we're not brokers, what anyone chooses. I just want them to make a good choice. So we give those four or five plans to the person. And sometimes they take it and they... You know, they look at it and they make the decision. Sometimes in another week or two, they call us back. Mm -hmm. But the key is, if we're procrastinators, this one is going to bite you, you know where. Mm -hmm. So do it early. Get get in in the queue. Get your plans together. Look at the TVs now and you have all those quarterbacks, you know, in the 1970s and 80s and 90s and they threw out of football. Not the person I'd be, want to be taking advice from. But, you know, you do you. That's what I say. <laughs> you do you. I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, today is National Greasy Foods Day. Those watching the scale, beware. Although not the healthiest of choices, every once in a while, it's okay to enjoy some greasy food. From fried chicken, pizza, nachos, and french fries to bacon and hash brown potatoes, we all like a treat in our regular diet. Cooking oils include olive oil, canola oil, pumpkin oil, and more. Oil can be flavored with aromatic flavorings such as herbs, chilies, and garlic. Greasy foods can be prepared with healthier oils and with much less than the average amounts of oil used when cooking, making them a little bit healthier choices. Today is National Greasy Foods Day, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings. You can stay up to date with this show. All you have to do is go to Google or to Apple and download the Freddie Bell Radio Shows app. Yes, download the Freddie Bell Radio Shows app and you'll be up to date on everything concerning this show and anything related to Freddie Bell. More to come. Stay with us. You're listening to New Beginnings, New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. I get everyone. I'm Freddie Bell, and welcome back to New Beginnings. And joining us right now, a man who is trying to make sure that you keep more of your hard-earned money. I'm talking about Mr. John Schwartz. He is the founder of the Center for Combating Elder Financial Abuse. Welcome back to the show. And uh, you have a case today that talks about some activity in Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely, Freddie. Hey, thank you very much for uh, having me uh, back today. Yes, we found this uh, case uh, out of the uh, District of Minnesota and thought uh, we'd share it uh, on your show today. So talk about this. How much money is involved in this particular case that we're highlighting today? So, Freddie, this is amazing. This uh, individual pleaded guilty for uh, his participation in a $300 million nationwide marketing fraud scheme that targeted elderly and uh, vulnerable victims. $300 million. Think of the financial devastation this causes. That's crazy. So how did it unfold? Tell us about it. So uh, what we have here is uh, that he pleaded guilty on December 8th, 2022, which is only seven months ago, which is really interesting. And then I compare this to another case that of a, a financial predator who also stole $300 billion. And that individual was Scott Cohen, who pleaded guilty for conducting a Ponzi investment scheme. And uh, he pled uh, and he was sentenced in August of of August 18th, 2022. So these uh, two cases are only a month apart. How this individual, uh, Russell Rahman, uh, conducted his scheme is he sold uh, magazines uh, subscriptions through a telemarketing uh, fraud scheme and then was able to entice over 150,000 elderly victims in this uh, scheme that lasted over uh, 10 years. Oh, my gosh. 
So a lot of people have been hurt. Is there any chance of recovery with something like this, these two cases, John? Uh, there is a chance, uh, Freddie, but I'll say that uh, it's a very uh, small chance. And that's the that's the real, real sad uh, part about this uh, crime. $300 million gone. Only a fraction of this will probably ever be recovered. So in essence, these 150,000 uh, victims may only see a fraction of the money that they lost. Interesting. What did, uh, from what you understand, what did the U.S. attorney, uh, Erica McDonald, have to say about these cases? She had a very, very strong statement. Let me share that with you. So this is uh, her statement uh, verbatim. She said, this case represents the largest elder fraud scheme in our nation. More than 150,000 elderly and vulnerable victims across the United States have been identified in what is essentially a criminal action case. She went on further to say, unfortunately, we live in a world where fraudsters are willing to take advantage of seniors who are often who are often trusting and polite. It's my hope that this prosecution is a call for vigilance and caution. And uh, she's exactly right. I mean, Freddie, that's that's it in a nutshell. These predators will target our uh, most vulnerable because they are trusting and polite, which makes them a a perfect uh, target. So this is really goes into the wheelhouse of what the Elder Financial Abuse, the Center for Combating Financial Abuse does is to help protect the citizens and their money. Well, it does. Absolutely, Freddie. And we do that through education. And, you know, the first step of the education that uh, we want to do is make people aware of the uh, size and scope of the threat posed by these financial predators. So we have two data points now. We have Russell Rahm, who we're describing in this case, but we also have Scott Cohen, who just in August of last year, pled guilty to stealing $300 million through a Ponzi scheme. So educating our nation's 56 million elders on the size and scope of the threat posed by these financial predators is step number one for us. All right. So if our listeners would like more information about the Center for Combating Elder Financial Abuse, what can we do? Where would you suggest that we go? Hey, thank you very much, uh, Freddie. So we have a a website. Uh, It's... uh, the URL is endefa.org. Again, endefa.org. And uh, go to the very front page of that and go to the resources tab, and you'll see uh, summaries of 18 convicted uh, predators that we uh, do a highlight and summary on. And that's our education process, teaching individuals what the predator looks like and their different tactics that they used will help our nation help protect our nation's 56 million elders two things before we go uh one of your uh, colleagues who you didn't work side by side but an fbi special agent in charge had a comment to say and uh like to hear uh, your words on what he had to say about this particular case and then a final thought on what we can do to harden the target ah uh, fantastic so yeah this is what does uh FBI Minneapolis Special Agent in Charge Michael Paul said, he said, the thieving greed of fraudsters who target senior citizens knows no bounds. Using a tactic like telemarketing magazine sales, these deceitful scam artists bilk hard-earned money from their aging victims, leaving so many financially devastated in their retirement years and without recourse for recovery. So that's it, Freddie. I mean, that's the problem, right? I mean, these predators are targeting our elderly. 
that um, have no recourse to recoup this money. So it's very important to learn how to harden a target. So a couple of suggestions that I'll make on that. A first suggestion that's getting a lot of popularity when I share this is consider purchasing another telephone number and give that out only to trusted individuals. Mm -hmm. Uh, That will uh, decrease the attack vector that some of these predators use uh, by the uh, telephone. Also, what I would suggest is have trusted, responsible family members come and visit an elderly person more often. Even if uh, it's one or two more visits per year, that could really, really uh, make a difference. And then finally, what I wanted to share is in a lot of these uh, different uh, schemes that these financial predators use, they will attempt to speed up or rush the uh, relationship, whether it's a, per- it's a relationship to purchase an item or a magazine uh, subscription or to conduct an investment or even a romantic uh, scheme. So what I say is trust your gut feelings and slow down the process. All and right. also for an online scam, ask them to do a video call. If they're not willing to do a video call, chances are this is a romance scheme. And if they are willing to do a video call, ask a trusted and responsible family member to join in on that call. But those are a couple of suggestions. Well, those are really good suggestions. And the website, again, is endefa.org. I'll say it again, endefa.org, and elder financial abuse. John, I can't thank you enough for being with us and sharing some really up-to-date information hitting right in Minnesota, where a lot of our listeners are, about elder financial abuse. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thank you very much, Freddie. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings. It's time now for a little lighter news. And from the lighter side of my desk, it turns out that teens want less sex and romance on their screens. A UCLA study finds Generation Z would rather see platonic relationships in entertainment. The majority of survey participants say romance is overused in media. Researchers say Gen Z craves feel-good character relationships after being isolated during the pandemic. This trend is being labeled as nomads. And places men shouldn't take a woman on a first date. A couple of weeks ago, a woman went viral after posting a video of herself complaining to her first time date that he was taking her to Cheesecake Factory. I can't believe my parents are actually pressuring me to find one of you people. The woman was blasted by most who commented, especially when it was revealed that Cheesecake Factory was the poor guy's last-minute backup plan after the woman was an hour late coming to his car in her apartment complex parking lot. Now going viral, here's a list of places men should not take women on a first date. Number 10 is Wingstop. Number 9, Buffalo Wild Wings. Number 8, any fast food chain. Number 7, your house. Number 6, the movies. Number 5, Olive Garden. Chipotle is number 4. Chili's is number 3. Applebee's and number 1, Cheesecake Factory. I didn't like any of that. And here are four things that you probably didn't know yesterday. Stand by to upgrade your IQ. Number one, there are a billion cases of the common cold in the United States every year. Number two, the average life expectancy of a toilet is 50 years. Number three, more vehicles have traveled on the New Jersey Turnpike than any other road in the United States. And a study found that men are their most romantic at age 53. Giggity, giggity. Now, where were we? It's wacky, but it's true. A woman in Italy who went to the doctor with inflamed sinuses and facial pain had an unusual diagnosis. 
a dental implant in the sinus. The woman had undergone oral surgery about two years before to place an implant, a two-centimeter-long metal screw designed to hold in place a replacement for a missing tooth in her upper jaw. But surprisingly, an inspection of her mouth revealed the implant was not there. Instead, the gums covering the area of her missing tooth were healed and remaining teeth were healthy. A CT scan showed the implant to be in her sinus cavity next to her left eye. The researchers performed surgery to remove the dental implant, after which the woman's sinus symptoms miraculously went away. And what has happened to good manners? That's what many Americans are asking themselves. A politeness poll found that 34% of Americans rate their fellow citizens' manners as poor. It could be that folks just have very different ideas of what it means to have good manners because 80% of those same people rate their own manners as excellent. All right, look, our policy is, if for any reason you're not completely satisfied, I hate you. And here are the worst cereals. Sales of breakfast cereals have been falling for a few years, but they always tick up a bit in the fall. As such, more new cereals are introduced this time of the year than any other, which got me wondering if we could come up with the worst new cereal names. How about this? Sugar Frosted Sugar Cubes, Throat Size Cheerios, Honeycomb Over, Unlucky Charms, and Honey Bunches of Stuff We Found on the Floor of the Factory. That is terrible. That's the most appalling, disgusting, revolting thing. (laughs) Just for fun this week, I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll be right back. This is a news-oriented broadcast, and all information is educational in nature is not intended to be legal, securities, tax, or insurance advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional before acting on information heard during the broadcast. You're listening to New Beginnings. New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. The 6040 portfolio, often touted as the ideal retirement portfolio, has had his worst year in decades. The Wall Street Journal, Vanguard, BlackRock, and others are ditching it in favor of better options. Hi, everyone. I'm Freddie Bell, and now it's time to talk finance with Label Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and the author of the book entitled Authenticity. Hello, Label, and welcome back, sir. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. And you were really on fire the last time we got together. And we want to make sure that our audience knows how to reach you for additional information and any courses that may be coming up. The best way is on our website, yieldsforyou.com. That's yields, the number four, the letter U.com. You go to a website under resources. We got classes, we got uh, guides, we got all kinds of things. And there's always uh, you know, a book appointment uh, button up in the top right that you can book a free call with us. More than happy to answer any questions you have. And of course, you're welcome to email us at hello at yieldsforyou.com. All right. And we'll do that. And for our listeners label who may be new to investing, can you briefly explain what a 60-40 portfolio is and why it's been a cornerstone of investment strategy for so many decades? Yeah. So, so the kind of the, the holy grail of, of retirement investing is that you want to be able to have a portfolio that you're not going to run out of money in retirement with, right? That, that is what everyone wants. Um, so that's, that's objective number one. Objective number two is you also want something that no matter what happens, whether it's a good year or a bad year, that you're going to be making money, right? And so a lot of financial advisors over the years have set out to try to create what they thought, you know, was, was the ideal solution. And we've talked about this before on the show. Um, 
there was one advisor in the 90s who got together with, you know, some professors and he did a bunch of stress tests going back, you know, it was about 70 years at the time of different portfolios to try to see, to try to create a portfolio that would be able to sustain its income over a 25 year period without running out of money um, or at least, you know, running out at the end of retirement. What he came up with was the 60-40 portfolio or what became known as the 60-40 portfolio, which the idea was, um, what he found was that in most periods, it was able to weather most of the, the market storms. And the way it was able to do that was because you had this allocation between equities and bonds. And so typically speaking, typically, and I, I'll, I'll explain why in a, in a second, but typically- mm -hmm. When stocks go up, bonds go down. When bonds go up, stocks go down. And so you have this, you know, um, dichotomy. And by, you know, putting the two together, you kind of bias yourself towards growth. And in the years that are the market is down, you still get some growth. So either you, you know, make up for your losses or you don't lose as much or potentially you even make money. Right. And for most of the last 40 years, the 60-40 portfolio has done really, really well for investors. It's been a good middle of the road um, portfolio for investors. Uh, the issue is, is that, you know, uh, stocks and bonds don't always move in opposite directions. There are periods where they move together. There, there was even a very long period where they, where it was, you know, they moved in, uh, it was, it was contraindicated where if you invested in bonds, right, bonds actually did better than stocks. And so you would have wanted the opposite portfolio. So my, what, my, my point in saying all this is that just because something has been for the longest time, you know, for a long period of time, that it was the way to do things and it created stability doesn't mean it's going to be for the future. Mm -hmm. right? There are, you always got to look in your crystal ball and you got to say, will this thing do what I needed to do moving forward, given the assumptions, given what I know the current environment is, right? Um, you, you know, if you look outside, right, and you look at the weather and it's, you know, a beautiful sunny day, right? And you're like, well, it's been a beautiful sunny day for the last two months. I'm going to get rid of all of my winter clothes, right? That'd be kind of stupid because <laughs> if you live in an area that has winter, you're going to need winter clothes. You just haven't encountered it yet. Right. right? Just don't 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 get into that false sense of security that, well, the last two months have been nice weather, that the next month is going to be nice weather as well. You still want to make sure that you have that protection. Um, and so what what investors have found and what the Wall Street Journal was highlighting is the fact that when the Fed started raising interest rates, which they haven't done for the last 20 years, it kind of flipped on its tail this whole narrative of, well, you know, bonds do well when stocks go down. Um, because that has not been what's happened. Because when interest rates go up, bonds go down because your bonds be, are worth less money. Because if you have a bond that was paying, you know, 1% and now you can get a brand new bond, that's paying 3% or 5%, mm -hmm. nobody's going to buy your 1% bond. So it goes down in value, right? And then when inflation is up at, you know, five, six, seven, eight percent and you have a bond paying one, you actually have a bond that's paying negative five, six, seven percent, right? You're actually losing money. And so 
it kind of flips the script and you got to look at yourself and you got to say, well, is my investment strategy designed for a world with the inflation that we have for the interest rates that we know are going to happen? And there was a whole lot of investors, including BlackRock, who waited until after the Fed had gone along down this path of increasing interest rates to say, oh, you know what? The 60-40 portfolio having bonds is probably not a good idea right now. Anyone with half a brain knew having bonds is a bad idea when the Federal Reserve is going to increase interest rates. If interest rates are going up, you do not want to be holding bonds that are going to become almost worthless, right? It's kind of like having, you know, uh, you know, all these people who had houses and, you know, interest rates, mortgages increased, right? All the people who didn't buy are kicking themselves that they didn't buy because now they can't buy the same type of a house or they might not even qualify at all. Exactly. Uh, so oh. you gave that example of the, the weather. I thought that was really spot on. So for investors who are sticking their finger out the window to take the temperature, uh, who have traditionally relied on that 60-40 split, how should they reassess their risk tolerance right now and investment objectives? So the way I teach my clients is um, the way I want you to look at risk and the way that I look at risk is I don't look at it as stocks versus bonds. I look at it as what is the chance of this money losing value, right? And what you want to have, you want to have things that have a very small chance of losing value, and you want to have things that um, that have a, a chance of losing value because they have the ability to increase in value, right? And so you want things that have that capital preservation built in, and you want to have things that have growth. And so when you look at your portfolio from that context, right, and then you look at it from the context of, you know, where we know the economics are today and where they're going to be in the next year or two, then you can say to yourself, okay, does this investment that I have, is this something that's going to be safe for the next two years? Is this going, is this something that's going to grow for the next two years, right? If you, if you, if you're buying, you know, NVIDIA or you're buying, you know, uh, you know, Amazon, and you're like, well, Amazon did really great over the last 20 years. I think it's going to continue to do great over the next 20 years. You're probably going to be wrong because Amazon is probably peaked in terms of how far it can go. Maybe it'll still go up, but it's definitely not going to have the same growth that it had over the last 20 years, right? And the chances of Amazon going down are much greater than it going up because when you're at the top, right, you have nowhere to go but down. Right. It's very hard to keep going up. But when you're at the bottom, right, how far down can you go? Um, when we when we look at, you know, like kind of safe money options, right, that's what you want your 40%. You want to have some kind of base where you're getting some bad returns, but you're not risking your capital. Money markets are doing great. CDs, treasuries, right? You can get money market at 5.5%. You can get a 10-year treasury that's paying 5%. Right. That's locking in 5% for the next 10 years. Now, when you account for inflation, is it worth it? Will that be enough? I don't know. I'm not willing to lock in 10 years to find out, but I certainly have clients who are willing to do it. And you, you want to have some kind of base, right? You know, you don't want a hundred percent to go into that and lock it up for 10 years. Cause what if you're wrong? Right. So you need to have something on the upside. And so you need to look and say, okay, what do I think is going to do well? for the next year, the next two years, the next five years, mm -hmm. right? And the fact is, is one thing I can guarantee you is going to do well is the United States economy, right? 
because we have the largest and best military in the world. We make up, you know, 24 percent of the of the world economy. And right now we're getting back into the game of being the world's policeman. So I'm willing to bet on the United States economy. You ask me the same thing. Well, am I willing to bet on, you know, the English economy, you know, the United Kingdom? No, not really. I don't know that they got their crap together. Would I bet bet on the Germans? Germans make great machines, but I don't know, you know, economically if they're going to be doing so okay in the next year or two. If you look at China, I can tell you China's definitely not going to do okay. So I'm not putting any investments in China. China's in the process of imploding. So you really want to kind of look in your crystal ball and balance safety versus growth. And you want to make sure that you're in things that have the potential for growth. Um, and you have things that are going to protect yourself so that no matter what happens, you have stability. So you're still bullish on America, even given the, given the economic and geopolitical landscape that we see right now. You're still okay with that? The 60-40 portfolio making recovery, all of this still, you're still okay generally with where we are right now? So 60-40 portfolio of the traditional bonds, I'm, at, I'm basically out of bonds. I'm starting to get into some tax-free bonds because there's there's opportunities there and because of the tax-free aspect of it. Um, however, you know, and treasuries are good, but I'm not really going to give my money to a company. Um, now, let me say an alternative to bonds is preferred shares. Preferred shares are like, you know, they're, they're stocks, but they have guaranteed dividends attached to them. Mm-hmm. And those are paying about 6% right now. Plus when the, you know, they're pretty stable companies. So when the market goes down, they don't go down as much. And when the market goes up, they're going to go up again, not as much but you have that guaranteed dividend. So it's kind of like, to me, uh, that's a better alternative than just putting it in bonds and loaning your money out at interest rates that you know the interest rates are going to go up. Interest rates have to keep going up. The Federal Reserve has said that they're going to increase interest rates. And with war in the Middle East, there's almost certainly going to be higher interest rates. So I would, um, bonds is not the place I would want you to be unless it's government treasuries, you know, government type stuff. And you're doing it more like a money market or you're doing it for the stability or tax free or you have an equity component and you're doing it like a dividend investment. Right. That I would see as an alternative to bonds. And then on the equity side, again, there's lots of ways to invest in the market without taking on the full risk of riding that roller coaster. Do you you know, I I don't know whether the market's going to go up or not in the next year or in the next two years. But what I can tell you is that I think the United States as a whole, our economy and our stock market, I think we're going to come out as winners no matter what, because we just have all the odds stacked in our favor. And this is what America does best. We stack the deck in our favor. So given that, uh, what what steps should an investor be taking right now? What strategies would you suggest that they move forward in pursuing? You need to take a hard look at your portfolio and you need to, number one, protect yourself so that no matter what happens in the market, you have that base of stability and you can ride it out, right? This this decline, we're right now, you know, down eight, nine percent um, from market highs and that keeps going down, right? So, you know, when you by the time you listen to this, we might be even further down. So you want to make sure that that decline that you can ride it out and it's not going to affect your ability to retire, not this year, not next year, not the year after. That's number one. You need to protect that. 
And you need to make sure that the way you're protecting it is inflation protected. And there's lots of ways to protect yourself from inflation, whether that's money market funds, treasuries, you know, um, you know, CDs. I, I don't care what it is, but you want something that's going to give you a return that's slightly more than inflation, at least. Um, while not risking your dollars. So have that so that you can recover that you can you can weather the storm. Once you're done weathering the storm, right, you want to make sure that you have growth, right? Because no matter how far the market goes down, that just means it has room to recover, right? Now, will every company recover? No. Do we know which companies are going to recover more than others? You know, everyone's got their ideas, but who says, you know, they're going to be right? Um, so you want to be playing the odds in that one, and you want to make sure that you have diversification with downside protection, right? Now is not the time to get greedy. I'm sure there's going to be people who have, you know, 100, 200% returns this year or next year or in this economy, right? But you don't need to be that. In retirement, we're not looking for 100, 200% returns. We're not trying to turn $100,000 into a million dollars. What we're looking to do is just make sure that we beat inflation and we can keep our, our retirement lifestyle, right? That is the key. And we need to not lose sight of that. And that means having hedged investments in the market. And there's lots of ways to do that, whether that's do, going for uh, value companies by doing like dividend investing, um, whether that's there's these new buffer type of uh, products, which, you know, there's buffered ETFs, which give you kind of a, a mixed return. There's buffered UITs, which if you want to know what those are, those give much better returns. Um, but it be much better outcomes, um, but they're a little harder to access. You have structured notes. There's all kinds of ways of hedging your protect your your investments so that you get part of the upside without all the downside. And that's really what the key is right now. Makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, we're out of time and you've given us a lot to think about, Label. And if you like more information from what you've heard in this show and others, join us for one of our upcoming classes on retirement. Check out the website yields4u.com yields the number four the letter u.com and join us and you can get a list of upcoming classes i'm freddie bell and more new beginnings is straight ahead here are today's words to the wise if the shoe fits it's an idiom often used to suggest that if something is appropriate, relevant, or applicable to a particular situation or person, it should be considered or accepted. It implies that if someone feels that a criticism or description applies to them, they should acknowledge it. This phrase is often used when discussing personal characteristics, behavior, or circumstances. Today's words of the wise, if the shoe fits, and more can be found in my book, Words of the Wise, accessible at freddiebell.com. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings. You can stay up to date with this show. All you have to do is go to Google or to Apple and download the Freddie Bell Radio Show's app. Yes, download the Freddie Bell Radio Show's app and you'll be up to date on everything concerning this show and anything related to Freddie Bell. More to come. Stay with us. As New Beginnings continues, we now take you to the spirituality portion of our program, where we introduce the Senior Minister of Unity South Twin Cities, the Reverend James Stacy. We now join Reverend Stacy with a program already in progress. The popular author Marianne Williamson 
said in her first and most famous book, A Return to Love, that God, the divine, speaks to us in a way we can hear. That's comforting. God gets our attention uniquely. For some of us, it's on Sunday morning in a beautiful worship service with wonderful music and focused prayer that some of us grasp that idea of the Christ incarnation, Christ within. Others explore this world of wonders in many ways the arts, exploring nature. And there, they really get it. They get that idea. Others reach a hand out to the world, encouraging the disheartened, feeding the hungry, visiting those that are in some form of bondage, mental or imprisoned. They reach out and serve another, lifting another up, and that's how they get the idea. I tried to convey last week in the Easter lesson this idea of service ministering, helping another. For those of us that have most of our life needs met, we're relatively comfortable. Some are extremely comfortable and blessed with many things. People that live in abundance, if you think about it, they only get this idea They only find this joy through reaching out and helping those who don't have as much. Think about it. Their prayers, their desires, their dreams, their goals have been met. Where are they going to find joy? But in helping others discover the goodness of God. And for those of us that have limitations or lack in our life, our joy comes when someone comes to help us, to lift us up, to encourage us, a teacher, an aid, someone that helps you, and then you get it. This grand idea. I must be worth something. Carol came to my aid. Gerald thought I was worthy of help, of a little boost. As Marianne Williamson said, God speaks to us in a way that we can hear. Uniquely, our way.
Rohr goes on to describe this incarnational world view. The divine, the Christ is permeating all. He describes it as an idea in which matter and spirit are understood to have never been separated. Rudolf Steiner said it very simply and briefly, which is kind of unusual for Rudolf Steiner. And he said, there is never matter, this material stuff, there is never matter that is not filled with spirit. And there is never spirit in isolation that is not expressing somehow in matter. Many of us have believed God up there, we're alone down here. The Christ idea, it's all one. It's all one. Our part is to understand that. In the church, we would say it is our job to hold the faith. To believe in the unlimited possibilities. That good will express in each and every situation. This view relies more, listen, on awakening than joining some spiritual community. It relies more on awakening than joining. More on seeing than obeying. More on growth in consciousness and love than on clergy, experts, morality, scriptures, or rituals. The code word that Rohr chooses for this worldview, this perspective on life, is simply Christ. And in our tradition, it is you know, Christ within. So I invite you this week, we'll begin in a moment of silence, but play with this preposition and this proposition. Play with this idea of divinity, of God's presence of the risen one, of the anointed, of the power, of the good, is it located within you? Or is it your proposition, your perspective, your worldview, how you see others, how you see this world, how you see the possibilities, how you see the path before you? It is a world of wonders. So let's take a moment and turn within 
I'm going to speak a very old form of this idea. It inspired our prayer for protection that we speak every Sunday, and hopefully more often than that. It was taken from the 5th century prayer attributed to St. Patrick. St. Patrick's breastplate is protection. And I'll speak it in part. I invite you to close your eyes and let this go to the very center, the very withinness of your being. Be Christ this day my strong protector against poison and wounding. Through reward wide and plenty. Christ beside me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ within me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ to the right of me, Christ to the left of me. Christ is in my lying, my sitting, my rising. Christ is heart of all who know me. Christ on tongue of all who meet me. Christ in eye of all who see me. Christ in ear of all who hear me. You just heard a message coming from the Reverend James Stacy, the Senior Minister of Unity South in the Twin Cities. More information is found at their website at unitysouth.org. Thank you for joining me this weekend. And it happened this week. In 1945, the U.S. ended shoe rationing. Yes. In 1954, the NBA used the 24-second clock for the first time. In 1970, Jim Morrison of the Doors was sentenced in Miami to six months of hard labor for indecent exposure and profanity. In 1974, Muhammad Ali defeated George Foreman in Zaire to regain the World Heavyweight Boxing Championship. The fight was billed as the Rumble in the Jungle. In 1976, Jane Pauley became news anchor of the Today Show. In 87, George Michael released his debut album, Faith. In 2000, comic legend Steve Allen died at the age of 78. In 2007, Tony and Grammy Award-winning singer and actor Robert Goulet died at the age of 73. In 2012, Disney purchased Lucasfilms for more than $4 billion. The deal included the rights to the Star Wars and Indiana Jones franchises. And in 2015, a live exorcism took place on national TV. The special Exorcism Live aired on the Destination American K Channel. A crew visited the St. Louis area home that inspired the famous horror film, The Exorcist, to drive out demonic forces. It happened this week, and this is New Beginnings. That's our show, and thanks to our special guests for stopping by and sharing information that we hope can change lives. If you missed any of today's show, you can subscribe to our podcast or just Google Freddie Bell or stop by my website of the same name. Thanks for listening, and remember that each day is a chance for a new beginning. See you next week.